I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today, we'll be delving into the word and seeing what Adonai has to say about being toxic. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome, welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 7th of June, 2021. I'm so glad that you're here and have joined me today. Um, So the topic today is, we're going to be talking a lot about toxicity and being toxic, um, which to me is crazy because even thinking about in my childhood, the word toxic uh, is known as a, you know, when you think of toxic, you think of a chemical or a substance that is toxic. But in this day and age, um, the adjective for it, I did look it up, is causing an unpleasant feelings, uh, causing unpleasant feelings, I'm sorry, harmful or malicious. And I don't know about you, but have you um, I know for me personally, I've experienced uh, toxic people. Um, and myself, I myself have fallen into the trap of being toxic. So have you ever had someone in your life who was, for lack of a better term, toxic? Maybe a friend, a family member, or maybe yourself. It is so much easier than you think it would be, um, to fall into the trap of becoming toxic. And what do you do? What does Adonai have to say about it? Um, I actually wanted to delve a little bit deeper. I know it's my nerd showing. Um, when I looked up the word toxic, um, you know, when I said, hey, I looked this up and, you know, this is what I would have found. Well, it's a ho- really funny because the word that I would have found for toxicity, you know, or the definition, I should say, you know, a toxic chemical or substance is number five in the dictionary now as it being a toxic chemical or a substance. Um, And today I'm actually going to talk about number three, which is causing unpleasant feelings or harmful or malicious. Um, But it's, when we go back to where this word came from, it was first recorded in 1655 from late Latin toxicus, toxicus, because... Good man, Lord, that is a tongue twister, which means poisonous. It's a derivative of toxicum, which means poison, from the Greek toxikon. For toxikon pharmakon, it literally means bow poison, also known as poison used on arrows. Hopefully you know where I'm going with this. Um, I found it so interesting that the root word goes all the way back to the poison that was used on arrows. When you look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, you're looking at the armor of God, right? Where it talks about you're putting on the armor of God. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you're able to stand against the schemes of the devil for our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist when the times are evil. And after you've done everything to stand firm, stand firm, then buckle the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Strap up your feet in readiness with the good news of shalom, peace. Above all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So it goes back to, what are we talking about here? In Ephesians 6.16, it says arrows of the evil one. Now, poison could mean a lot of different things. Um, obviously, if you go back to the main uh, meaning of it, it means literal poison that could kill you physically. Um, but I think a lot of times we use our tongues with the words that we say and the way that we treat others as fiery darts. And sometimes the enemy will use what we say to other people as arrows. And you are using the arrows that Satan may or may not have put in your life to shoot at other people. And these could even be people that you uh, supposedly love. And I think that we need to be really careful about that. And I think that's why it's so important and why God talks about gossip and how um, we shouldn't be doing that because that's exactly what we're doing. We're shooting toxic arrows into the lives of people. And I know I have fallen into the trap of gossip. Um, you know, I think we all, if we're all really, truly honest, we've all fallen into that trap. Even the men have fallen into the trap of gossiping where we talk about another person behind their back and um, typically not in kindness and in love. So I think that we need to definitely be aware of that and be conscientious of that. Um, in a perfect world, we would all be believers in Yeshua and we would be perfect in our walk and our relationship with, with our Messiah um, we wouldn't be surrounded by people that had dishonorable intentions towards us or those who would hurt us. But that perfect world does not exist yet. So we live in a fallen world filled with broken people where no matter what, we've all been hurt by those around us and even by ourselves. And since sin surrounds us and envelops us, it stands to reason that the toxic and abusive relationships are formed. And believers, we're not immune to this. We're not immune to finding ourselves trapped in these situations and relationships or being the person in the relationship who actually is toxic. When we are sucked into these sort of relationships, it can be very difficult to remove ourselves from the abusive cycle it can become. But before I even discuss those, and I know almost every person alive probably has at least at least one person in their life that they would consider toxic. Um, and you may or may not have done something about it. Um, for your own health, you need to do something for it. Um, but before we start talking about the speck in our neighbor's eye, we're going to talk about the plank in our own. And we need to talk about when we are toxic. We are all guilty at one point of our one point of our lives or another of being toxic and abusive to others. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and his holy standards. We all have a tendency to lean towards selfishness. And when that happens, the more sin creeps in. 
and our potential to hurt others and ourselves grows. Now, obviously, what's the cure for that? What do I tell you curious every single week of this podcast? Reading the word of God, because the more you read the word of God, the more you'll know where God's heart is. And the more you know where God's heart is, the better your relationship will be, right? Because there's communication. When there's communication in a relationship, the better that relationship will be. Now in John 13, 34, Yeshua tells us exactly how to fight toxic people and to um, fight, you know, the toxicity in ourselves, which is even more important, which is, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So also you must love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Super simple, right? We've been over it. I don't know how many times on this podcast, but if you treat others the way you'd like to be treated with love and kindness, um, you won't be that toxic person. Um, it was really funny because I'm, I'm trying to praying all this week, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to talk about? And I was drawing an absolute blank and my husband, uh, preached this weekend again at our synagogue and he was preaching on discipleship, which is great. And something that I too want to also, um, tackle in the near future. But, um, and I was like, man, this would be good. This would be great. But Then we had a conversation, my husband and I, with um, our son's girlfriend last night, and it was heartbreaking. You know, um, my son's girlfriend is not a believer. She did not grow up in a believing household, and I would argue and and not even have to argue. She agrees that she grew up in a rather toxic household. Um, I have spoken with her about this. She knows I'm talking about this subject, so it's okay. Um, But she is such a sweet girl and it was so sad because she's come to live with us. Um, and my son lives in a camper. She lives in our home and because of the, such a toxic relationship that she's surrounded by, but she talks, you know, about how she can't, she's always dumbfounded by our children who have no idea how good they have it. Because, you know, she sees now because her eyes have been open. She didn't even realize she was in a toxic situation with her family um, until really she moved here and saw the difference in the families, Um, which to me is just heartbreaking that anyone has to deal with that kind of situation. But um, that being said, she's the one who said, hey, why don't you talk about this? And I'm like, you know what? Um, This would be a really great topic because I really actually have quite a bit of experience with this when it comes to, uh, being toxic myself and falling into that trap. But even more importantly, you know, talking about how do you handle it when you're, um, dealing with that in your own life with other people. But that being said, I was like, you know what? I wonder what is the tour portion for this week? And I was on my Facebook feed and I'm part of this group called the portion on uh, Facebook. Um, where they actually delve into the the portion um, every single Friday. And this portion for this week, I think I actually might uh, let people know what the portion is every single week, um, in case you don't already know. Um, the portion consists of something from the Torah, and then they have the Haftorah portion, and then they have something from the New Testament. So the portion, the Torah portion this week is Numbers 16, 1, 
all the way to chapter 18, verse 32. And then the Haftarah portion is 1 Samuel 11, 14, all the way to chapter 12 to verse 22. And then the New Testament is just John 19, 1 through 17. And I actually wanted to go into, because I started reading this and I'm laughing and my kids are like, what are you laughing about? And I'm explaining it to them. They're like, I don't know if this really pertains to what you're talking about. I will let you be the judge of it. Um, Numbers 16, 1 through 50. I'm going to paraphrase, not going to read the whole thing because it is a lot. But um, it's the rebellion of Korah. Um, Korah, Dathan, and Ibaram or Ibaram, I don't know how to pronounce it uh, correctly. They rose up against Moses and took 250 men from Benai Israel. These were men of renown who had been appointed to the council. So these were like the judges and people uh, kind of in the partial inner, inner circle. And they assembled against Moses and Aaron. And they argued that the entire community, you know, Israel, was holy and were upset that Moses and Aaron as high priest and his descendants were the only ones allowed in Adonai's presence or even near it. And there are some similarities here to Elijah and the Baal followers and Moses and Korah and his followers. Um, Moses said, all right, meet me. You want to go there, we're going to go there, and I want you to go ahead and meet me. And um, stood, stand at the entrance of the tent of meeting. I want you to take a censer, which by the way, I looked up, it's a container, which is usually covered in which incense is burned. And that's exactly what Moses said. I want you to take each man 250 censers and put fire and incense into it. And assemble in front of the entrance of the tent of meeting. And we'll see who Adonai says should be the one in the temple doing what he's called us to do. Now, the irony here is that Adonai has already told them. He's already made the law saying Aaron and his descendants are going to be the high priests and Levitical priesthood. And they're the ones who are going to be in charge of the temple. And Korah's like, no, I want a piece of that action. <laughs> and uh, I don't think, you know, I don't agree with what Adonai says. And I think it's really just Moses telling us these things. It's not really, is it really Adonai um, who's telling us that we shouldn't do these things? And so he, uh, he made a very uh, fatal mistake in deciding to question that and saying, no, I'm going to do this instead. And um, so he, he convinced these people, he spoke poison he gossiped, right? He he convinced these men, who's are mighty men, he's a renowned man, um, 250 men, to back him up in his uh, decision that he knew better. And so he said, all right, Mo most like, all right, let's come up. Let's let's do this thing. And um, so each man took, took the censer, put fire and incense into it, and stood with Moses and Aaron at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And when Korah and his followers had assembled in opposition to them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, then the glory of Adonai appeared to the entire assembly. Then Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, separate yourselves from among this assembly so that I may consume them at once. But Moses and Aaron fell on their faces and cried out, oh God, oh God of the spirits of all flesh. If one man sins, will you be angry with the entire community? Then Adonai spoke to Moses saying, speak to the assembly saying, move away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and uh, Abram. 
Moses got up and went to Dathan and uh, Abram. The elders of Israel followed after him. And he warned the assembly saying, move away from the tents of these wicked men. Don't touch anything that is theirs or you will be swept away because of all their sins. So thankfully they did move away. And when they moved away, Moses said, by this, you will know that Adonai has sent me to do all these works. So it's not just, you know, Moses being like, oh, you guys are cursed. This is, you know, just me talking. He said, no, if every one of these men die a common death and experience what happens to all people, then Adonai has not sent me. But if Adonai brings about a new thing and the earth opens her mouth and swallows them and everything that is theirs and they go down alive into Sheol, then you will know that these men have despised Adonai. As soon as he finished saying all those things, the ground split underneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them along with all their households, all of course people and all of their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol, they and everything that was theirs. The earth closed over them and they were gone from among the community. And of course, all of Israel around them fled at their outcry, for they shouted, perhaps the earth will swallow us. And then, ironically, right? So fire also came out from Adonai and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. And he told, Adonai told, told Moses to tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, who was the Kohen, to take the censers from the burning because they're holy and scatter the coals at a distance. And as the, for the censers of these men who send at the cost of their lives, let them be taken and hammered into sheets as a covering for the altar. For they were presented before Adonai, so they are holy. They are to be a sign to Benai Israel. I think it's a, a sign and also a warning. Um, so he did that. And then the next day, right? The next day, the entire community of Benai Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron saying, you killed Adonai's people. Can you imagine that? Like the day before, the earth opened up. God consumed all these people. And the next day they're grumbling about it. I just, I can't fathom it, but it's hilarious because in our daily lives, things like this, maybe not to this extreme happen and we still question it. But anyway, so they gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned toward the tent of meeting. Behold, the cloud covered it and the glory appeared. Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of meeting, and I spoke to Moses saying, get away from among this assembly so that I may immediately consume them. So they fell on their faces. So once again, they're interceding on the behalf of these people. And Moses said to Aaron, take the censer, put it into it, uh, put into it a fire from the altar and put it in incense. Get going and hurry to the assembly and make atonement for them because wrath has come out from Adonai and the plague has started. Aaron did just as Moses had said, and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague stopped. However, there are 14,700 dead from the plague because those who died, besides those who died because of Korah. Then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent meeting when the plague had been halted. So for the Israelite people, there were some seriously dire consequences. It can't get worse than that. Like, right, like you're dead. You chose to grumble and complain and to speak poison. And God's like, for lack of a better term, as my kids say, nah, brah, like that's not happening. Like you are, you're done. Like you've sinned against me. I told you exactly what needs to be done. And you decided that you wanted to do it your way. I don't know if you've noticed this. I, I myself have noticed this, but things do not typically go the greatest when we do things our way instead of God's way. <laughs> 
And so I think it's very careful. You know, it's a, it's a great warning. It's a good uh, warning cry here. You need to be careful about what you do in your life and how you treat others and what you say, because you could cause a calamity upon yourself and your household, just like Cora did because of whatever toxins you may or may not be spewing. Now, if you go over to 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 through 8, um, it says, For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Yeshua, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, to abstain from sexual immorality, to know each of you how to gain control over his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the pagans who do not know God, and not to overstep his brother and take advantage of him in this matter. Because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, as we told you before and solemnly warned you. For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting man, but God, who gives his Ruach HaKodesh to you, his Holy Spirit. So, we are called to live a certain way in a certain Um, And to treat others a certain way as well. And when we choose to spew words of hatred and animosity, we are not living in the way that Yeshua has taught us to live. And I know people are like, I wasn't really expecting you to go this way, Erica. I thought you'd like to talk about other people. In the next episode, we'll talk about how to handle the toxic people in your lives. But in this episode, I think it's really important for us to stick a mirror in front of our faces and say, all right, Lord, what is it that we have in our lives that are unhealthy tendencies that you want me to change? We need to stop wasting time in toxic patterns of living because he has better things in store for us. Now, as believers, we are to repent of our mistakes and apologize for our actions. So if you have been toxic towards another person, if you have spoken death over another person, whether to their face or behind their back, you need to repent not only to God, but to that person. Because there's forgiveness for those who search for such things. But I think that we need need to go back to the basics, guys. What is the cure? What is the cure for this toxicity in our lives? Very simple. 1 Corinthians 13. The love chapter. Okay? 1 through 13. If I speak with the tongues of men of angels, but have not love, I become a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I gave away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so I might boast, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not brag. It is not puffed up. It does not behave inappropriately. It does not seek its own way. It is not provoked. It keeps no account of wrong. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will pass away. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is partial will pass away. 
When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You're like, why in the world are you reading the whole thing? Because that's the cure. If we choose to put ourselves in that verse and say, am I being patient? Am I being kind? You know, are we, are we actually, you know, practicing what we preach? Are we not puffed up? Do we behave appropriately? Do we not, we choose not to become provoked. Do we choose not to keep an account of wrongdoing? That's a big one. Um, another thing I would encourage you to read is the entire book of Ephesians. Um, because it talks about relationships and how, like, this is what a healthy relationship looks like. Um, in Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love just as Messiah also loved us. And gave himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a fragrant aroma. So if we are to walk in love just as Messiah also loved us. And gave himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice. It's not that much of a sacrifice for us to be obedient to him. And to say, you know what, Lord? I praise you and I thank you for what you have done. Please. Holy Spirit, watch over what I say and do. Watch over my tongue. Make sure that what I'm speaking is in love and kindness and that your will is done. Now we're going to continue this subject next um, next week where it's, we're going to talk a lot more, um, you know, less about uh, ourselves and watching ourselves and watching um, how we need to not be toxic, but... Um, talking about those who may be toxic in our lives and um, what we should and or should not do. Um, with that being said, of course, I'm going to leave you with ironic benediction. Numbers chapter six, verses 24 to 26 says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Ba'ashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a great week and I will see you again here next time. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.